0: Hello out there, ladies, it's Rochelle with another episode of Unabashed You, where we as women get to talk about stuff. Unabashed You is women talking about stuff. It's a place where we can be uniquely ourselves without apology. We want to be wise, to know our worth, and to enjoy Wednesday. I had always planned to have Erin on as a guest. She was on the list. But seeing her post on social media that she has delved deeply into the Enneagram really had me intrigued, and I contacted her immediately. She enthusiastically agreed to be a guest and to share with some of the info on this ancient tool that has become very popular today in many circles. Do you know what number you are? I'm in the learning stage, although I have my suspicions about my number. This episode will be in two parts. Part one today, we are focusing on Aaron as life coach. And next week, we will be discussing how the Enneagram has helped shape her business, and her life. Oh, we are in for a treat today. I met this woman a few years ago, and there is something very compelling about her. Erin is light. She is confidence. She is beauty inside and out. Although I didn't get to know her very well at the time, I always enjoyed the times our paths did cross. I recently learned that in addition to being a life coach, she's been certified as an Enneagram coach as well. Erin will be walking us through her profession as a life coach, and we will talk more about how she uses the very popular Enneagram and how it can help us next week. This is in two parts, as we want to do justice to the topics. Welcome, Erin.
1: Thank you. What a great introduction.
0: <laughs> oh, and it's all true. It's all true. All right, here's the part where we, and, and this is so much for me, but I think other people enjoy it too. We just get to know you a little bit with some fun icebreaker type questions, so Our first question that, and then we, I tend to vary the questions, but there are a couple that I keep no matter who they are, because I just, I just enjoy the process of how a a woman, in this case, a woman sort of arrives at these answers. And there are no wrong answers here whatsoever. Nothing is being scored. I mean, this is not a test. This is a conversation. It's for fun. So three words to describe yourself. Three words you would use to describe yourself. Funny, (laughs) deep, and caring. Gosh, what a great combination. Funny, deep, and caring. Now, I see the deep and the caring. I just don't know you well enough to know the funny side, but I would love to know the funny side because funny is one of the best parts of life as far as I'm concerned. Just can't survive without funny. What is something that not many people know about you?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. (laughs) I think most people don't know so much of my journey. Not that I'm not open, but I have gone through so much life experience and I have so many chapters in my book. Mm. So I, I think people don't know how, vast and (laughs) wide and so much more to Aaron than meets the eye is probably what I would have to say.
0: Well, that is very intriguing indeed. And I'm, I instantly want to start exploring chapters, but we have, uh, you know, some things we're going to discuss here and maybe we'll end up brushing up on uh, brushing a few of those along the way. That's really fascinating. I, 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 I love the idea that so a complex, not necessarily complex, but um, a lot of different experiences that you've had in life. All right. Now a, f- a fun question. What would you call one of your top 10 movies or TV shows of all time? This could be from when you were a kid. It can be right now. It can be somewhere in between, but just, just a show or a movie that's just like, Oh, that's so special to me.
1: Oh, there's so many good ones.
0: You can name a few if you like. I mean, again, yeah. there are no wrong answers here. So the other
1: night, I had remembered a movie that I watched with my dad. And I get my sense of humor from my dad. And it's called What's Up, Doc? Oh, yeah. And it's with Barbara Streisand and Ryan O'Neill, yep. And it's just hilarious. And I remember my dad just cracking up at it as a kid. And I'm always... Um, my kids are 14 and 16. I'm at the age where I'm introducing them to, you know, the great music, all the classics, 80s. You have to watch this movie. You have to know about this TV. You know, like, I feel like they missed out on one of the best um, decades, you know, right. the 70s and 80s, 100%. So they were at first, you know, movies nowadays are a little slow, and they were like, "Oh yeah, okay, what is this?" Here? You know, mom, and and we were all busting up the whole family. So, "What's Up, Doc?" is a classic '70s favorite. Um, but I love, I love like Crazy Stupid Love. I love um, The Blind Side. Ugh. Yes. Star Wars was my favorite as a kid because I I actually watched it at the Man's Chinese Theater when it opened. Oh, wow! And I was so intrigued. I think I was seven, I'm dating myself, but I was so intrigued that I I saved up all my allowance money and I went and bought the record. Oh <laughs> the my Star gosh! Wars, just to listen to the music because I thought the music was amazing. I mean, everything about that movie was out of its time. So um, I love deep movies that either I'm crying. Or I'm cracking up. Probably that's my scope. And romance. I like romance. Oh, right.
0: Oh, very good. Gosh, those are great ones. And What's Up, Doc? I haven't seen that in a long time. I might have to revisit that one. That's been been a long time. That's a good movie. That is a good one. All right. Who would you want to have a long get to know you dinner with? You know, you're, you're you just, you're going to get to know this person, spend this long, leisurely, delicious dinner. They, they can be alive or not alive. You can know them or not know them, but just somebody you just really kind of want to pick their brain and be in their company with for a while.
1: Gosh, there's so many good people. That's such a hard question. I hate this type of questions because for me, later when I listen, I'm
0: like, darn it. Then that person, you know. Um, well, what I love about these questions is you might have answered this differently this morning than you might tomorrow, than you might the next day. And it's, so, it's yeah, it, it just like right in this moment, who do you wish you could have a dinner with? So True. you
1: know who I would, I think one of the founding forefathers would be really cool. Ooh. I, I say that because I just watched Hamilton uh. and I think just uh. getting to like sit down and go, what did it look like? You know, getting that snapshot in time, I think would be cool. I didn't even expect that answer. I didn't, I never even had thought those would be someone I'd be interested in. Someone like that or Martin Luther King or someone, you know what I mean? Someone that you're like, they have such a, an amazing life story, so much to glean from. So
0: So would you lean more towards Hamilton or Burr? Well,
1: now I've heard some controversial things about, you know, Hamilton, like both, you know, I I, I wouldn't even necessarily have to be either one of those. It it could be. Oh, another okay. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Any one of
0: the founding fathers. Yeah.
1: The Jefferson, whoever, you know, whoever, I mean, there's, there's a handful there of, um, I mean, I'd love to be at a round table, but.
0: Um... Ooh, that's a good question. I might have to add that to my repertoire. <laughs> a round table, that's good. That way you can have several guests and uh, pick their brains. And so, did you love Hamilton? I mean, does it translate well on, this, on the screen, on the TV screen?
1: Yeah, I saw it a couple years ago with my mom when it came to San Diego. And. Um, you know by then the ticket prices were outrageous so our seats weren't even that great and I really did enjoy watching it you on know, Disney Plus because I got to see the actors first the original cast yes. I don't know if the original cast when I saw it and then to see um, you know him play and then just the facials the, the yes. expressions and be able to so I really did enjoy actually the TV version better and then of course my daughter, who is a musical theater, uh-huh. you know, freak sitting next to me that knows the words of every song. And so it actually makes it enjoyable because her voice is decent, but that I'm getting more out of it because she knows every word of the song. So I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. You know, of course, she is, you know, almost animating and standing out, you know, acting it out. And so it, it I loved it.
0: It is a, a wonderful. And I, I would have to agree. And anybody who has the chance to see it, Whether it be live or on TV, I I would highly recommend it as well. Just an amazing, an amazing, um, um, an amazing piece of theater, and uh, the fact that it broke so many barriers and the concept is—it really uh, not enough justice can really be given to that in terms of creativity and innovation. It's, it's a must-see. I, I think it should be on everybody's bucket list. Love that answer. All right. Two truths and a lie. And then I have to guess the lie. So okay, hey, so I've been listening to several of your podcasts. <laughs> okay, so you know about this question. I love your show, by the way. Oh, thank love you. It. Like, thank where
1: you. has it been before then, before oh. now that you asked me to be a guest, so... I'll be a loyal follower and I love that you do this. So I have time to think cause I'm like, I hate, you know, when I'm on the spot question sometimes. So, all right, so here we go. Um, I worked at, at the Oscars show. I met the prime minister of Ireland and had dinner oh. and, mm-hmm, and, um, I was mistaken for miss France.
0: Oh, well, I think they could all be true. Okay, let me pick through them again. Uh, you helped at the Oscar show. That was the first one? Yeah, I worked the Oscars. Oh, worked the Oscars. The second one was, I always forget the middle one. What was the second one again?
1: I met the Prime Minister. Prime Minister uh, of
0: Ireland. And, okay. And then the third one was, uh, you were mistaken for Miss France. Well, I could totally see that happening. Gosh. Ah. Ah. I can't decide between two and three. Okay, I'm gonna go with the Prime Minister one. I'm gonna Oh, that's true. You did have dinner with the Prime Minister of Ireland. Yeah, and his wife. Oh my god. Not a not
1: a personal a a within a group. Okay. that's yeah. fine.
0: Oh my gosh, those are some good bragging rights right there. Okay, which one is not true? So I worked. Uh, I worked the Grammys, not the Oscars.
1: Ah, so good. So and the good. The France happened in Ireland when we uh, we actually went through the formal greeting line. where at the top of the stairs. They announced your name, and then you walked. It was a long walk. It's a very intimidating walk, a little bit. So you walked down and then met, you were, you were, we were briefed how this was going to go. So you quickly had to, you know, they announced you, you quickly said, you know, good evening, prime minister, or, you know, and this is you know, prime minister. And then you went and found your place at the table where, you know, they your place setting was or whatever. Well, I uh, was with my mom and they addressed you by where you're at. And I was single. So they said, uh, my maiden name is, is actually Franz, but everyone in America pronounces it france so all my life i've been before i was married air in france so i was at the top and they said miss france and so i go down to greet them and they're like oh you're from you know i think one of them actually even spoke to me in french or something and they're like oh you're miss france you know and i was like i was confused for a second and I, was, I was like you know really i was an la girl in my 20s right so I was like, oh, and I'm kind of chit chatting away, you know, like, no, I'm not Miss France. I'm from California. And, you know, blah, blah. And so my mom is behind me at the top of the stairs waiting, just going, oh my goodness, what is Erin talking about? She's holding the line. <laughs> you know, it was, she just was like, I can't, like, my mom's just freaking out out there. And so it was really funny. So that's my funny story. That is a yeah. great
0: story. I love that. See, I didn't know that about you. Okay, so I follow up question, because I can't help was your mom involved in politics how did you find yourself at this state di, state dinner right so she was dating a man who was
1: um, an, a private investigator and they were there in, as a group of investigators and I don't I've wondered this since I need to go back and ask my mom what their connection or why they got invited to dinner. <laughs> The prime. I mean, we got to kind of tour the castle, the whole, you know, nine yards. And um, but yeah, it was it was definitely a, a special. I probably didn't even appreciate it at the time as much as I do now. But
0: what a great life experience. That's a that is. I mean, not too many people can say they've been to that kind of a dinner. Moving on to kind of our our triad here at unabashed you is worth wisdom and Wednesday. So we're going to kind of cover those. So. Where do you find your worth? Where do you find your sense of worth?
1: So I know my worth comes from God, a hundred percent and everything out of that spills over into my life. Mm-hmm. I, I don't always live that out in a practical way in my mind and my heart, right? Because I have, a journey with worth. And I have struggled deeply at times in my journey, um, with worth. And so I think knowing it, but really living it or feeling it, um, is different. And so I'm, my work really kind of now, even in my own personal growth is truly aligning and living that out. Um, because I have tied so much to what someone does, even though I know better, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's, it's just tough to not look through the lens of, you know, a, a worldly way to see people of value and worth by what they do or how much they make or their title. And, you know, I'm married to, uh, uh, my husband is, is uh, has a very strong title, what he does for a living. So I struggled with always being, you know, even sitting at a, at, at a dinner table and everyone, you know, being you know, some Harvard graduates or things like that. And, and, and being like, Oh, where's, you know, I only graduated from a state college, you know, and never, you know what I mean? That worth and being, you know, his wife. And and then when I decided to stay home with the kids, um, before I went back and got certified as a coach, um, feeling like I I didn't have worth because I wasn't working Mm -hmm. or then I was looked at as, you know, um, kind of the token wife and do you know what I mean? So I've, yes. I've had that journey of worth and, um, so, you know, I'm doing great in my career. That's wonderful. And I hate to say that does give me worth, but I know that's not what true worth is. So right. for me, it's really knowing that, um, I am in alignment with God. I'm a, really my worth now comes from, Am I being a you know, a great wife, a great mom? The best I can be, not perfect. Right. That's my whole thing is <laughs> yeah. now there is no thing no such thing as perfect on this side of heaven, right? So right. it's just being the best I can and knowing I'm I'm giving all my heart, mind, and soul to what matters most to me. So that's right. when I work.
0: That you know, that's a, a beautiful answer because I think that you're I and I don't even think I know you are not alone in terms of having suffered from that sense of worth. I think it is unfortunately all too common amongst females that for whatever reason, be it environment or whatever, we struggle with that. And I think it's the rare woman who hasn't struggled with that somewhere along the way, if not on an ongoing basis. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast was to be able to speak into worth and how as women we, we have worth simply because we are. You know, we don't have to have a, a certain job or have gone to a certain school. You know, the, the things that we struggle with or look a certain way or all those things, we already are worth while. And it's funny because when I coach a lot of
1: women, and oftentimes that will come up, it's confidence or worth or just kind of battling, you know, our mindset or battling, you know, our our, um, negative self-dialogue and self-talk and, you know, things like that. So it has made me actually feel better knowing that many people struggle with it.
0: And it makes me sad, though, because, I mean, you know, when what? you get, get to a place yourself where you feel like, okay, that, I mean, I'm probably always going to struggle with that to a degree, but I feel better about where I am now than where I was in the past. And to know that, you know, other women, other young women, and not even necessarily young women do struggle with that. And so I I love that you, that is a big part of what you're doing. And we're going to talk more about your coaching momentarily, but I, I, and I think it, it's not really a coincidence that you are, are working with, you know, clients that have struggled with something that you know very well firsthand. I mean, to me, that's absolutely beautiful that you get to do that. What is one of the wisest things anyone ever said to you? I mean, just sort of one of those things that you just sort of keep it's just always handy at the ready. I mean, you again, this is one of those questions that you might answer differently tomorrow or next week than you would right now. We, we all have lots of things that we, hopefully, hopefully, we all have lots of things that we keep handy and really nearby that we just sort of pull out. What's one of the ones that uh, like works for you and you just really hold on to it?
1: You are not going to please all the people all the time.
0: There you go.
1: Cause I, for a while was in that kind of tied to the worth the comparison game or try to have everyone like me. And I think as I've gotten older, I've, you know, maybe it's wisdom, maybe it's age of going, you know what, I'm just who I am. I'm just doing the best I can over here. And I'm, some people are going to like me and some people aren't going to like me and that's okay. And really knowing that's okay that, you know, I know who is in my tribe and who has my back and, um, you know, I still have to be me and show up authentically. And some people are going to love that. And some people aren't going to care for it. And that's okay to not take it personally.
0: Right. The people pleasing. And I know that we could really, we could do a whole thing on just that alone. But just a couple quick questions on that. Number one is, do you tie that to birth order at all? Are you, are you first born?
1: I'm third born. Oh, now
0: that's, you know, I'm surprised that you're third born and a people pleaser.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, because my sister was five years older, my brother was four years older, so I was always trying to keep up or probably please them or, you know what I mean, I was the tag along. Um, and so, yeah, maybe. I mean, Okay,
0: interesting. I-, I also want to circle back to this next week when we talk about the Enneagram and how people-pleasing might factor into certain numbers over others. I'm very excited to revisit that part of it now how do you have fun what makes you laugh you, t- you mentioned movies and wanting to share with your kids some of the movies that you enjoyed growing up is that a source of fun obviously and are there other things you do for fun and that make you laugh because laughter you've already talked about it's a big part of you and that was how you described yourself was fun wasn't that number the first word yes. fun? yeah fun yeah love it funny Yeah, funny. Yes. Yeah. So
1: laughter is huge for me. I think it's the best medicine that, you know, for all of us. And it's like, it's such a gift from God, especially when we're going through these crazy, you know, COVID, you know, pandemic, if you can't laugh at yourself and laugh at, you know, all of the crazy things that life is throwing your way. But what I do for fun, um, I love to hike. I love to, I love outdoors and I love exercise. Not that that's fun for me, but that is brings me a lot of enjoyment.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what
1: I do for fun is I, I just crack it up with my family, quite honestly, or cracking up with some girlfriends, you know. Right. Just, and that's why I think I do love the funny movies or, you know, a great podcast or Audible Bug or something, or, or something even like this, like your podcast where women are getting real and they're cracking me up because they're just something that someone says. So, Um, yeah, I loved, I love my girlfriend time hundred percent, like girls weekends and just, you know, or even a good book. Right.
0: And I like that you're really intentional about that. You know, that that's a good part of life and you make sure that you have that it, it becomes a priority. And some people might not understand, uh, that, that, that is a priority. I mean, it's not the priority, but we talked a little bit about it on last week's episode, how important it is to be playful and childlike and that that's something we don't want to get rid of ever that that's such an important part of life and I really like hearing that you've you have made it you know uh a big part of of how you live and how you spend your time now we're going to take a deeper dive and we're going to start talking about today we're going to be talking about your life coaching and uh whatever comes up around that. And then as we mentioned, the the Enneagram part we'll be talking about next week. So starting with the basics, uh, I feel like we started hearing the term life coach about 30 years ago. And I looked it up and it said that 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 sort of term came to be in the 80s as an extension that grew from sports coaching and business coaching. So I guess when you think about it, it was only a matter of time before it sort of segued or, or transformed into people uh, wanting help with life decisions, but I guess not necessarily seeking therapy. So I want to start off by asking you, like, how do you define life coach? What? How do you define what you do?
1: Yeah, um, I don't actually like the word life coach because when you say it, all sorts of different Feelings or thoughts or uh, there's all sorts of good and bad coaches out there. So I prefer something like personal development coach or personal ah. growth. Uh, okay, I do call myself life coach because when people are, are looking, even you know online like an SEO word, <laughs> I have to use life coach because some people are looking for a life coach. And there's so many different kinds of life coaches out there. But how I define it is... Um, I would define a life coach as you you have something that maybe you have a blind spot to in your life or you're stuck or you want to work on, something that's maybe frustrating for you or that you uh, just need someone to come alongside and um, go along with you through something that has tools and insight and experience to be able to guide you through that. And um, a coach is someone that, you know, we're not a therapist. So a lot of times people have a, a therapist and a coach because the coach will take you through the practicals. We're going to move you forward and kind of really have like homework from week to week and let's work on this. And what does that look like? And some practical steps and tools where, you know, therapy, I kind of describe it as therapies. You have to go down deep into the roots to heal the roots because the tree is not going to be healthy if the roots aren't healthy. And so therapy can take longer. It can, you know, typically is very, deep to go down further where a uh, coaching is more, you're I'm working more with like the, um, the branches and the leaves and you're going up and out, you're moving up and
0: forward. So um, that's a that's, great analogy. That is a great analogy. It's such a great way to picture it. I, I really understand just through that image, uh, you know, what you are doing, how did you become one and Why?
1: Great question. I became a coach because when my kids were older and I loved being a mom, that is still my priority. It's my number one um, job, so to speak. but I wanted something that I could have the flexibility to be able to put my kids first. I work my business around my family. and uh, my, I had uh, bat, my bachelor's when I was in college was in psychology. And so I, it's funny, my whole journey of coming full circle, because I've, you know, had my bachelor's, but I didn't ever really, you know, move forward with it. Um, I've been mentored, I've mentored people, I've been in life groups, I've led life groups, I've, you know, gone through so much in life, it's not even funny, probably a couple lifetimes in one life, and when I kind of was like, well, what is my next chapter? What should I be doing? You know, I've been out of the corporate for 10 years, you know, and now I have, you know, I don't want to go back in, um, I don't want to work for someone to be stuck in a cubicle. I didn't want to go back to a job of of something like that. Like I didn't, that was terrifying for me because really, I had a lot of flexibility and autonomy being a stay-at-home mom, right? So, um So then I was trying to figure out what that was. And my girlfriend was like, Oh, well my girlfriend's a life coach. You should meet with her and figure out she can help (laughs) figure out what your next chapter is. I was like, okay. And she needed, she was kind of new. She needed hours. She needed like kind of, you know, practice clients. So I was like, great. It was a win-win. So I met with her and she was asking me great questions and I kind of was watching what she was doing. And I remember thinking like, this is so cool. You know, I could do this and I would love to do this. And I've, basically been doing it all my life where I'm born to do that and so I looked into it and I was like wow it, and, and it was that title that I was like I didn't like that was what hung me up for a while. so I'm like life coach because it it says you know all about life your life is perfect you figured it out now you're going to turn and tell them how to live their life and that's not really what it is um you know, really, the client does most of the work. You're just really flushing them out and asking them the right questions. And you know, so anyway, I looked into it and um, went back to school and got certified. And I've been coaching for six years. And then when I was introduced to the enneagram, I like was a game changer for me. And um, geeked out on it for a couple of years, and then started using it in my coaching with my clients because I'm like, gosh, it's such a great tool. I mean, it just can fast forward someone like six months worth of work and insight once they would know their number and then, uh, got, went back and recently got certified as an Enneagram coach. So
0: that's what I do. All right. We will be talking more about the Enneagram next week. And I have lots of questions, but jumping back to, I didn't, didn't, I don't think I realized that being a life coach one could get, is it considered certification or certain? So tell us about that process of, what, what does it require? And is it, do you have to have it or is it just better to have it or tell us about that? You should have it. Uh, you know, nowadays everyone's
1: kind of um, hanging a shingle and calling themselves a coach. And um, without really getting certified of what a coach does, and, and really, to me, that's someone that's probably more of a mentor. Okay. Um, and not to say they couldn't be a great coach or coach someone, but they're really limiting, other than their experience of what they're saying I'm a coach in, they're limiting themselves to understand the tools and the capacity and what that looks to really guide someone through something and to really make progress and flush them out. And, um, you know, there's a lot of therapy involved in the sense of coaching has borrowed a lot of great techniques from Therapy from therapists so it's really the best of both worlds if you're getting all that training and technique and understanding of behavior understanding certain things to be able to say you are a certified professional coach and a lot of companies if you're doing corporate coaching they will not hire you unless you're ICF certified it's ICF
0: so and that stands for what um International Coaching Federation ah Um, Okay, and what does that look like to have that certification? What did you have to do to go through that? You have to that? go through many
1: hours. You have to see, you know, so many clients. You have to go through a certification. Um, so there's different certification schools out there, and then you submit your um, hours, and you're kind of like a doctor, right? So you're seeing so many patients. You want to kind of practice in your residency before you're going to hang your own shingle and say you're a doctor in private practice or work for a hospital. They, you need that experience, and so um,
0: you know. So. so, what was the learning process like? Were, were there were yeah? I know i have I have a couple of questions on that. So I am like maybe not classes, but, you know, like particular books or curriculum or something that you had to kind of work through. And I'm assuming that some of this also included, um, you know, looking within yourself. So it wasn't just external focus, but probably also internal, like maybe you had to be coached by somebody or tell us about my training.
1: I, you were coaching people and you were being coached by people that were getting their certification. So it was great. You kind of got some free therapy or free coaching during your certification and you got to pick whatever it was. So you could say, Hey, I'm struggling with this in my life, or this is what I want to work on. Or this is something that, you know, I've never been able to like, you know, figure out. And then that person that was getting in the same program as you, they would practice all the skills that we had just learned in the training. And, um, so it, and then you had a mentor, obviously, right there. That then they would kind of maybe jump in or point something out to the coach. Of you know, mm. um, you should you know maybe ask this question or at this point you're trying to be the fixer. Don't be the fixer. You know, flush them out or you know. So it was it was it was very hands on training to be able to get that certification. I, now, was, I was really grateful because you know it's. Um, These are people's lives that they're entrusting you or or an issue that's really, you know, they're struggling with or something that's so important to them enough to take time and money out of their life to, you know, ask for help and to get some support around and accountability.
0: Okay. So narrowing or just trying to specify a little bit more of the training you had, how much was like curriculum slash classroom whatever and then how many hours did you have to have under your belt and then did you have to like pass some kind of a test yeah
1: so you went through the program you kind of um took your test first and then you had to have so many practice clients
0: you took the test first mm-hmm
1: yeah, I went through the program.
0: Oh, after you went through the program, yeah, got yeah, it? Yeah, I took okay. the
1: test to make sure you, you know, it's kind of like taking um, the bar or the MCAT or something. You know what I mean? Like what they're testing your knowledge of, right? Your understanding of the program, and then you kind of rolled up your sleeve and and did a lot of practice coaching.
0: How long did the training part of the program take? Oh, or is yeah. it all just really rolled in, rolled into one? So, it, what does it take you, like a year, a year and a half? No, I didn't know. I um,
1: you have different programs out there, but I wanted, I didn't want to take it online. I wanted to have one be in person, um, you know, where I could sit in a class and really work with, you know, see the instructor, work with people, and things like that. So, um, I had found a certification program in San Diego. So lucky, and it was you know perfect and. So that's where, you know, and it worked out perfectly for me.
0: That's great. That's great. And that particular program took how long? It took, I'm trying to think of how many hours. It was
1: several days. So I think it was.
0: I mean, how many months did it, you have to go? Oh,
1: it was, it was just. It was less than a month. It was weeks. So it was very oh, okay. we went all, like all day. Like, you know, I think it was like eight hours, eight out, you know, for several days. So, um, again, the, the beauty of coaching a depends on what type of coach you want to be. So I just was getting basic coaching training. You know, I didn't know what my niche was. I didn't know exactly what type of coach I wanted to be. Kind of like being a doctor, you go through, medical school residency. And then, you know, at that point later, like I'm going to do a rotation here so I can figure out what type of doctor I want to be. So, um, so I just got a basic certification of, you know, life coach. And then, um, it took me a while to even figure out what type of coach I wanted to be. And, um, and then really the Enneagram, that's it. It's been so clear. I mean, so much clarity of like the feedback I've gotten and, and being able to help people so specifically um, in such a broad range. Um, it's, I wish I had found it a little earlier, but that's okay. I have to trust the timing. So
0: Absolutely. All right. So does, it didn't take that long, but it was highly concentrated. So you mm-hmm. really dove in and this is, you took, lot of time every day for several weeks or more to really get to the point of then being able to see people and, and do all of that. Okay, so that that, and I bet it was very interesting learning about what you got to learn. It just sounds so interesting. Being able to help people in that way. Yeah. So it sounds like you've Okay. It sounds like you had a specialty or an area of interest that, that you, uh, probably you said first, you said you weren't sure. Then it sounds like you found one. And now it sounds like you've kind of, kind of, uh, used the Enneagram along with, with what you're doing. Is that correct? And so what's yeah. your, what's your area that you, that you, you know, your area of interest, specialty, etc.? Yeah.
1: So I have been a life balance coach for a while. That's probably the longest uh, niche that I have. And it still, am essentially in addition to, you know, being in using the Enneagram as an Enneagram coach. So some people will come to me for just life coaching. Some people come to me for the Enneagram. And then sometimes I'll be like, Hey, are you open to this? Or do you know about it? And we can you know use both. But the life balance came out of me, um, being on both sides of, of that working mom, of being a stay at home mom. And then, you know, in corporate first full-time working and then full-time mom, and then both, you know, being mm-hmm. a working mom. And I understood balancing that life. And I understand women having to go through so much of, you know, I want to be a great mom. I want to be a great. wife, I want to look good. I want to feel good physically. So I want to get my exercise in, you know, I want to find my value or worth. Maybe, you know, maybe that's in a job or maybe I want to do something um, more than just stay at home. I want to, you know, whether that's volunteer or whatever that looks like to each person, but balancing that so that the, the woman doesn't feel mom guilt or doesn't feel, you know, less than, or doesn't feel like, you know, I have to do it all or that she feels like she's dropping all these balls and, and, and man, you know, being clear on what matters most to her, what she can do, what she's capable of, and then balancing that so that she feels great at the end of the day, she can lay her head on her pillow and be like, yeah, I got done what I wanted to get done, you know, being intentional in that sense. And so for a while, I was even working with physicians, with physician burnout, like working um, female physicians that, um, you know, they they have a lot where when they're at home, they're thinking about their patients. When they're at work, you know, they're thinking about their kids, like most women, but really trying to balance all that. And we're asking a lot of women nowadays. You know, women are superheroes to me. I always say that. We're just superheroes, no matter what we do, um, because we do it with all of our heart and all of our capacity. And, um, you know, especially the women in my life, the women I, I admire or I, I um I just, or even women that I follow on podcasts or or listen to an audible, I'm just blown away by women and what we're capable of. But I wanted to make sure women were feeling great about their lives and coming. And I, and I'm good at it. I'm good at balancing my own life. I'm good at managing, balancing, finding that, you know, and then letting go of what I couldn't do or what didn't matter or, you know, what, what I think I should be doing or what someone else, you know, comparing and, you know, all of that. Like you have to get to the point where you just go, what is most important to me? What does that look like? You know, what can I do that I can feel great and just,
0: and rock that
1: and let it go.
0: Wow. That's fantastic. I I, I'm so intrigued and um, sort of marvel at what you're doing and that, it sounds like one of my questions was uh, males versus females. It sounds like do you have an exclusively female practice or is it just sort of worked out that way?
1: It's worked out that way because I, my (laughs) I couldn't figure out my niche because I wanted to do, I didn't want to leave anyone out. That's a little, and they kept telling me no, no narrow, narrow, you know, funnel, funnel down to like your exact ideal client that's sitting in front of you. Like they would want, to say what exactly does she or he struggle with? What it, you know, you're the solution to what they struggle. What is that? What it, what comes naturally to you? Or what type of person do you want to work with? You know, what and I just was like, oh come on, like, can't get the funnel be upside down where I'm taking it all, you know, and, and I was like, my very first title was Life and Career Coach. Like, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna help with your life and your career and everyone. But it did organic I found that I don't know, maybe it's who I attract, I don't know, but I no matter what my title it was typically women. I do think women seek help more than men are more open to talking about, you know, letting someone into their personal life or talking about those feelings or I mean women want it. They're like, I gotta get real, I gotta talk with someone, I gotta figure this out, you know, where men are like, Oh, I'll just have a beer with a buddy and you know, hope it all goes away, right? So but I have had men and I have been able to help them. And, um, I've had different men. It's interesting. And I, um, but, um, I just felt like organically and I love it. I mean, I love helping women, so I have no problem with that. Um, I, you know, I never went into corporate. I think if I went into corporate coaching, I would probably work more with one-on-one. I am going now into, um, businesses uh, and working with teams and leadership with the Enneagram. It's really hot right now to bring an Enneagram coach in and work with your team, um, have them kind of figure out how their team is, what number so that they can work together and speak each other's language and connect and, you know, all of that. So um, I'm probably will be working more with men, my guess is when I, you know, as I continue that work, but um, uh, what was your question? So I'm, um, yeah, more, more women, but a lot sounds of men, like. Because of the sports coaching, actually more men are coming to coaches because they don't want to go to a therapist necessarily. So they have figured out that, oh, I, you know, I could go to a coach because they're not maybe going to go. Um, I don't have to go through all that therapy and open up Pandora's box. But there's a lot of therapy in coaching. I mean, I probably go oftentimes – Just organically where a therapist would go because if that's where the root is, you know that even though I'm not going deep roots, if there's an issue that I have to get to the bottom of the issue, so oftentimes I'm 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 going there. But um, but people usually come to coaching kind of for a specific thing, and men like the idea of being coached. Um, the the word coach has a positive
0: for them um, in particular.
1: Yes. Or, um, like, Hey, someone's come alongside of me and they're just going to coach me how to be a better fill in the blank. So that's cool. I could do that.
0: <laughs> now, do you follow a particular structure or process or does it just, just completely vary by individual? Like I think the framework it, it, of a house, you know, it's like you have a basic yeah. framework and then how you finish it out depends on the individual. How do you approach yeah. each client?
1: Yeah, there's definitely a framework because you, you have to have some sort of guideline. You know, I need to be guided to guide someone. I kind of know a certain um, way I kind of walk them through what, you know, to ask certain questions or get down to what really is the issue. But for what tools I use, depending on the person and what they um, what they want support around what they're working on, I would maybe – Pull out completely different tools per person. So I, I kind of do like a personalized cocktail, if you would, because it, I have to go and address what, you know, what their issue is. And I know there's certain things I'm going to use for that and certain things. And, and I'll even recommend books or, um, hey, you should really listen to this podcast or, you know, there's all sorts of different things. I mean, there's so many different um, tools and things I can pull in that I might find are helpful. Not that a podcast is a tool, but, you know, just certain oh, things Yeah, work. I know what they are needing maybe or, or where they can even get additional resources or um, connecting. Like I, I listened to your podcast where Michelle was in there and just con- sometimes it is connecting someone with the right thing or, or you know,
0: right. um,
1: outside of even our coaching for, hey, here's your homework. Go listen to this podcast between you know now and next week so um things like
0: that well and that leads me to another question i had which was uh how often do you see clients and typically how, what's the typical duration length of time you you see them so we've got like is this the weekly thing and then it's typically six months a year and, and obviously it's going to vary but i mean just give us some general guidelines on that yeah so
1: each session is typically an hour okay. Um, and I have a coaching and then, and usually it's once a week. So um, and once a week, because it keeps you consistent, it keeps it fresh. You want, you know, typically there's homework in between each session. So um, we'll have a session and then it's like, Hey, you know, um, your homework is, you know, these are the next steps you're going to take or, you know, go do this or go work on that or go test that out or go try, you know, put in practice what we've talked about because I'm, I'm a big believer in practical coaching. And then what I do is two days before the next session, I send them a coaching prep form and on that form, we'll have questions, you know, what did, um, what are any new insights or questions, things that came up? Um, what did you not get done that you intended to do? Why? Sometimes that'll, um, reveal maybe, you know, fear or procrastination or where they get stuck. And that's all knowledge. It's never shame. It's never like, Oh, what? You know, it's more like, okay, let's talk about that. You know, what, why are you avoiding that or what gets in the way? And, and, um, then one of the question is what do you want to focus on this session? So they come into the session very clear on what they want to work on for that session. And then at the beginning of the session, I'll say, okay, you know, I read the coaching prep form. So I kind of know the snapshot of what their week looked like. So I don't even have to waste a whole bunch of time talking about that in, in essence because I'm getting a snapshot of, of um, what they struggled with, what their breakthroughs were, their wins, their you know, losses. Or, um, and then at that point I say, you know, what do you want to cover and what will that look like by the end of our session? So that we're both on the same page. We laser down in that hour. Because, you know, you can start to go all over the the road. And so it's very, it's very important to keep them focused. And if they do start to go off, like maybe their childhood, I'll stop and go, is this important? Do we need to go there? Because what you wanted to talk about was this. Do you want to stay on task or do you want to, you know, um, do we want to cover this so that they walk, they drive away or now I'm zooming (laughs) so much, a lot more than uh, one-on-one and in person, but. So that when they're done with the session, they're like, yes, I worked on exactly what I wanted to work on. Um, I felt like we made progress. Um, We stayed on task. Um, And it really makes them think about what they want to talk about ahead of time. So they're even clearer. You know, kind of
0: distill it um, before the session. So to keep balance in your own life, how many clients would be like, what's your range of how many you would see in a week before you feel like, oh my gosh, that is too many because now I'm, it's cutting into the other, you know, my family life or or mm. prep or whatever it is that you need to do. Cause I'm assuming that for each client you have, there's a certain amount of preparation for, for each session. Yeah. How, what's, what's your sweet spot number wise?
1: Uh, six hours. And that is based on when my kids were going to school. <laughs> <laughs> it's been more challenging now lately. Oh boy. Um, and I know you wanted me to talk about teenagers on this episode and we certainly can, but, uh, before it was, uh, my son's just turned 16. He'll be hopefully driving if school starts back up again. But as of, um, as of may 2020 or whatever, um, I would drop the kids off at 7:30. I would get home at eight and I would, um, basically from eight to two, that's when I would see clients because I have to end, you know, if that last client's at two, I'm done at three. And then I pick them up at the, you know, bus stop at 3:15. So, um, that's the beauty. I love what I do because I am able to basically my, you know, work, Part time, or you know, have this full um, career in business because I'm an entrepreneur. And then my kids, I drop them off, I pick them up, and then it's, it's, I have my mom hat on. And so then we're, you know, doing homework or we're, we're rolling, and you know, all of I'm present. I'm a hundred percent, a little tired sometimes, but I'm a hundred percent there um, for my kids and then, you know, cooking dinner and all that. So I, I literally um, from two to eight when my kids went to bed eight from two to eight. Um, sorry, from eight to two, I'm a coach from, um, essentially three to eight or three to nine. I'm a mom. So I literally, my day is broken up almost equally. Mm -hmm. It's like six hours to six hours or eight hours, eight hours. So they're long days, but they're there. I love it. I feel very lucky to be able to do what I'm doing and, and to be able to do both really.
0: So, are you saying that you you can see six different people a day? So, six times five is thirty. That you could have, you could comfortably coach up to thirty people in a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah.
1: And you know that'll vary. I mean, one yes. day, you know what I mean. I I don't have a lot of clients, so those are the days I'm doing all my business. Because again, I have to be, you know, pumping my my Instagram, my social media. You know, I'm a businesswoman. And I always joke that it's almost like I got an MBA with my coaching certification because I had to teach myself how to run a business. And um I went to Marie Forleo's so gonna plug her um her business school. Uh, like hands down, I, I recommend it. She's one of the books I read this year called Um Everything Is Figure outable Have you heard of Marie? No, I haven't. You know, have to read the book. You'll love it. Just do audio. And um she's she's one of my heroes. I'd love to actually um have dinner with her, but uh <laughs> So, but, you know, I still have to manage all my social media and, and write my content. Like I'm just still a one woman show. I don't have a team. I don't have this whole, don't even have an assistant. Like I, it's still manageable and, and I, I'll be honest with you. I like it that way. I like it to where it's just, um, it's your own thing. it's, It's my own thing. And, um, you know, uh, maybe when my kids get older, you know, they are getting older soon. Like I said, my son will be driving it. I'm going to be needed less. I'm sure <laughs> uh, in, in in that way, because that's the other thing, right? Like the minute I've done coaching, it's game time. I'm driving my son to water polo practices and water polo games and my daughter volleyball and, and musical theater. You know how involved that is. Yes. I, I know your daughter does <laughs> this but theater. Like, I'll put a plug in for CYT. Um, but um, so, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's, I don't know which one's more draining, but it is like go time when when three o'clock comes. I'm running. And it's funny because when you would ask, oh, would you maybe talk about COVID teenagers? My biggest challenge during COVID teenagers is not being so busy. And I know people, some people have said, oh, I loved it. I was spending all this time. Well, I get time with my kids. I have that time. I'm a working mom and I have full time with my kids when they come home. But (laughs) I used to love that from 8 to 2, 8 to 3, I didn't have them. You know what I mean? Like, we yeah. missed each other, right? So when 3 o'clock came, it was like, how's your day? How's your day? Oh, I miss you, you know? And, and we had this thing at our dinner table that we do called Rosebud Thorn, and you go around and talk about what's your rose, the best part of your day, what's your thorn, the worst part of your day, and what's your bud, which is something that you learned or you found interesting or you observed or you wanted to share. And so, you know, now it's like, what do you almost have to ask me? Because I'm like, I know what you did today. I've been with you all day, every day, you know, and you've been Zooming or you've been, you know, like I'm so sick of seeing these same two people and these same four walls, you know, like since March. And so I'm like, oh, it's just, you know, I mean, I'm a stay-at-home mom, but I'm not a homeschool mom. There's a different Right. Like I yes. got that break of that six hours right. where we were separate. And teenagers are not meant to stay at home right. with your mom all the time in the house all the time I mean how could you not be crabby or like be like I'm so sick of the same seeing the same three faces but um and we've been really good with COVID just locking down you know, just being uh safely monitoring who we see and you know but um so anyway it where am I going I'm going off on a tangent oh, sorry I love it Can you no, Uh, I don't even remember, but it it doesn't change per day. It'll change per week. I get to set my own hours. So if my kids have an orthodontist appointment or if I have a doctor's appointment or if I want to go work out and meet a girlfriend for lunch, I just don't book a client that day.
0: Right? Exactly. Got it. I
1: get to manage my hours, which is really, really nice. I mean, I can not work next week if I didn't want to work next week, but obviously that's not, I love what I do. So again, you are booking out usually, you know, next week, next week,
0: next week. So. Well, I love hearing everything you're doing right now. And I'm really looking forward to our talk next week on the Enneagram. And I would invite any listeners to do uh, some kind of an evaluation beforehand that might help us be a little more intentional and my, we might get more out of it if you kind of have a sense of what your number is. So I'm, I'm good. <laughs> well, do you, recommend a, a, do you re- recommend a particular? Do you recommend a particular online? Um,
1: I can send you an assessment that they can take if you want to put in your show notes. I don't know sure. if you have time to put them in your show notes on your podcast, but the one you know, the Enneagram Institute is a great test. Um, it it does cost twelve dollars. If you want a free one, the other one I like is um, by your Enneagramcoach.com. Um, and I like hers because it's not only because it's free, but she actually breaks down the percentage of what we are in each number. So if, mm-hmm. if, if you don't know about the Enneagram, I'm talking a foreign language, but the Enneagram is nine personality types, and we have all nine types in us. So she breaks down what we are on the percentage of each number. Oh, so that really, as opposed to most tests, will just say, you're this one number.
0: You know, okay, we usually right. are
1: stronger in one to two numbers. But I will... So it's yes, please. Institute or your Enneagram coach and you can put those in the notes and yes, it would help them if they want to listen to that. Episode. Okay,
0: that sounds great. This has been wonderful, Aaron. I, I just so appreciate the opportunity to get to know you better and to hear more about what you're doing. It's very exciting and fulfilling clearly. And I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm so curious and it's so interesting. So thank you for that. And we will look forward to uh, hearing more next week. Sounds great. I look forward to
1: it. See you then.
0: All right. Bye, Erin. Listeners, we are grateful because truly these episodes are for you check out the blog that goes with each episode. You can find us at unabashedu.com. And as always, we welcome questions, ideas, or feedback at unabashedu at gmail.com. You can also find us on Apple podcasts. And if you haven't already done so, we would appreciate you taking a moment to rate and review. They don't collect any personal information and it takes about 30 seconds. It's a great way for the podcast to be discovered and to reach more and more women who can be a part of the conversation. To take the Enneagram evaluation before next week, go to yourenneagramcoach.com. I know I'll be taking it. Thanks to Aaron for being our guest. She wanted to be sure you have her contact info. She can be reached at erinsur.com. That's E-R-I-N-S-U-R.com. That's her website and her email coach at erinsur.com. That's coach, C-O-A-C-H at E-R-I-N-S-U-R.com for email. I'll also put this info on the Unabashed you website under Erin's episode so you will have easy access. And now our blessings. May you realize that you are never alone, that your soul in its brightness and belonging connects you intimately with the rhythm of the universe. May you have respect for your individuality and difference. May you realize the shape of your soul as unique, that you have a special destiny here, that behind the facade of your life, there is something beautiful and external happening. May you learn to see yourself with the same delight, pride, and expectation with which God sees you in every moment. And that is by Brother Dave, a Benedictine monk. Now, go be unabashed, be you.